Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Now, speaking of traveling the world, we're actually traveling here in beautiful San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, and we're actually staying in a homestay family, so you can actually see some of the family members right behind me. Unfortunately, the Wi-Fi doesn't work where you go to my room, and it's too dark outside, so this is the best place to do the interview. And life as a digital nomad means you're going to be doing interviews and work, wherever you can find good Wi-Fi. So here we are. <laughs> and uh, while we're traveling, we actually love interviewing fellow digital nomads, fellow uh, entrepreneurs, fellow world travelers. And our guest today is uh, all of the above. Uh, Christiane Rizman is actually from just outside of London, England, but she's currently working and traveling through Australia. And she's joining us live from Perth, Australia. And uh, she's a travel blogger, video producer, and the founder of Backpacking Bananas. What a cool name for a YouTube channel, uh, Backpacking Bananas. so much. <laughs> and, uh, no, it was just a catchy, catchy name. <laughs> exactly. And I actually found out about Christiana when we are traveling here in Central America. We were actually in uh, Guatemala, Belize, looking for uh, tourist attractions and uh, what to see and do. And boom, uh, Christiane showed there up right away. There was. <laughs> done a great job with uh, ranking herself on YouTube. Um, so welcome to the show, Christiane. How's it over there in beautiful Perth, Australia today? Thanks so much. Oh my God, it is beautiful here. I just went out, uh, took the dog out and got a coffee and it's just beautiful blue skies. It's so warm. It's like 26 degrees or something. And yeah, it's beautiful. Sounds great. I actually spent three years in Australia myself doing a working holiday visa and then I circle navigated the continent, spent some time in Perth and absolutely love uh, Australia, uh, the people, the culture. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's amazing. It's the best. So, uh, Christiane, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? I did a quick intro, but uh, if you want to share a little bit more about yourself. Um, okay, so my name is Christiane Risman, and I am the founder of Backpacking Bananas on YouTube, which is a channel I started about five years ago. It started off with me and my friends. We went backpacking, thought it would be a good idea to make some nice travel videos, and then after we finished the travel trip like we, we had all these youtube videos that like weren't that great and my friends weren't bothered about keeping the youtube channel up but i really wanted to i was like i love the idea of having this channel even though we don't have any followers right now like i've always wanted to be a youtuber like when i was a young teen i wanted to be a tv presenter and a youtuber and i was like this is a really cool start and this is something that I could actually do. And so I started making backpacking tips and tricks videos because that was just me sitting down to the camera. Like I didn't need any money to make those and I could literally just answer the questions that I had before I went on this backpacking trip. And then those videos ended up doing really well on YouTube and they're still gathering views today. Even though I look back at those videos now and I'm so awkward, I'm like, oh, because that was the first time I'd sat down in front of the camera by myself. And it makes me cringe, basically, to look back at those videos. But they ended up doing really well. And since then, I've just been slowly but surely growing my audience, getting new ideas for videos, doing more tips and tricks videos, doing more travel videos and actually on the road stuff and my editing's become a lot, lot better. And in the past 
year I've kind of been transitioning into making it my full-time career so up to that point so for the past four years I've been doing reception work and just temp office work and just doing whatever I can to save up money to keep going traveling but um, it's it's slowly transitioning into my full-time career now which is really really cool like a obviously massive dream of mine so um, it's going well Awesome, great to hear it. It's not only a massive dream of yours, but of mine and of uh, literally millions of people around the world. They have that dream of making money while traveling the world. And part of the reason we started this podcast is show people it's possible and different methodologies to make money online, including uh, YouTube and YouTube ad revenue. And even what you do, you're doing producing videos and editing videos for different companies and entrepreneurs and businesses. So we're going to be doing a much deeper dive into YouTube, which is your forte and area of expertise. Yeah. But before yeah. we do that, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your travels. Uh, so you're okay. from the UK, but you're in Australia, yeah. you've traveled around Central America. Tell us about uh, some of your other travels. Uh, where has your travel journey taken you so far? Okay, so well, the first time I ever left Europe, so, so as a kid, I didn't really go traveling much. I think our parents took us on a few family holidays to France and Turkey, and that was about it. Um, so the first time I ever left Europe was on a group trip called World Challenge, and we went to Tanzania and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which was just, that was a massive eye-opener for me because I'd never been anywhere that was like so far from what England is like, and it was just like, oh my God. And then I was like, what else is out there? And so I took a gap year after college. So I was 19 at the time. And uh, my friends and I went on a round the world trip and there we covered uh, parts of Southeast Asia. So we went to Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Singapore. Um, I'd uh, gone to Australia at this point, done the East Coast, uh, New Zealand. Uh, I did a group tour in New Zealand. And then we went to Fiji and Hawaii and um, California. And then I also worked in America in Maine for three months and then went down to Florida as well. So that was like a big, big trip that really like amazed me. And uh, we did so much. And it was from then on, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I, I, what I particularly loved about that trip that really kind of set me off was the backpacking aspect and the backpacking culture, staying in hostels, meeting other travelers, and the idea that solo traveling was actually possible. Um, because before in my head, I was like, oh my God, how does anyone possibly travel solo? Like, that's absolutely crazy. Why would they do that? But then after I went on that trip, I was like, okay, no, this is, this is doable. This is a thing. Um, and after that, I started saving again. My next trip was to Central America. So I went from Panama to Mexico, uh, which was incredible. I actually started off with two friends, but we weren't getting along so well in the first couple of weeks. And so I was like, I'm just gonna go solo because I can. And it ended up being way better for all of us because they could go do their own thing. I could do my own thing. I learned how to scuba dive then in Honduras, which was, I, I still think that's my best travel experience to date because it was just something so new and so incredible to me. Um, 
and that was really really awesome and then after that all oh, I did my working holiday visa in Australia which was really really cool didn't manage to get my second year done um, because of regional work and it was it was just massively long and complicated so after my one year working holiday visa in Australia I went to New Zealand and I worked in Queenstown for a year um, because I remember when I first went to New Zealand Queenstown was my favorite place and I knew that doing a working holiday visa in New Zealand was not going to be too difficult to do in the first place so went over there went straight to Queenstown lived there for a year I worked in a hotel and I worked for accommodation um, and it was, it's in the mountains and the lakes and I did a massive road trip around New Zealand again so I knew New Zealand really really well now um, and then after that gosh I forget where I've been <laughs> um, I came back home to Perth and then last year so that brings us sorry that brings us around to the beginning of 2017 and that was when i based myself from home did a bunch of travels to uh, aruba i went back to central america um i did parts a lot of europe i did a big tour in europe um and the reason i was able to afford that was um because i was beginning to take my youtube full time and so these were press trips and sponsored trips which was obviously epic so last year I did a lot more smaller trips um, to different parts of the world which was really really cool and then I came back to Australia about a month ago so right now I'm in Perth and this is where my sister lives so I'm staying with my sister and her fiance and I'm making a bunch of Perth videos and that's where I'm at right now <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Uh, sounds uh, sounds like some epic adventures. Uh, we pretty much doing the reverse of what you did when you came from uh, uh, Panama up to Mexico. We, we're doing uh, from north to south, and yeah, we're absolutely loving this oh, part cool. of the world. Oh, I'm so jealous. I love Nicaragua so much. It was amazing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say our favorites have been Guatemala. Lake Atilan is gorgeous. And then here with San Juan del Sur in Nicaragua, definitely amazing as well. And uh, Ometepe, and yeah, we're really loving it. So make sure you check out uh, more of Christiane's uh, videos and also check out our videos as well in our blog posts on our channel, daddyblogger.com. So uh, Christiane, uh, tell us about the origin of your YouTube channel. Uh, firstly, when did you start it? How did you come up with the creative name? Uh, and then uh, tell us a little bit about the first baby years of your YouTubing. Okay, so I actually started my YouTube channel years ago. It was probably about eight to ten years ago, and it was called Rizzo Brush. And I basically, it was just me testing out video editing. So I would have been like about 13 or 14 at the time. Um, I'd only really just kind of discovered YouTube, and I would make rubbish little videos just on anything and everything. Like I remember I made like a compilation of my 15th birthday party and it was just me and my friends bouncing on my trampoline, like just <laughs> doing silly things. So that was like the start of my personal YouTube channel. But then when I was 19 and me and my friends decided that we were gonna be going on this, um, this big round the world trip, we were like, why don't we make this YouTube channel together and we can start making travel videos and that can be a little niche that we do. And that was when we came up with the name Backpacking Bananas and 
Sorry to disappoint, but it was quite literally just an alliteration. We because we were going backpacking and we were like backpacking bananas. <laughs> and that was literally it. And we were like, yep, sold. That sounds like a catchy name. Um, so we changed the name to Backpacking Bananas. And then we made these videos together. Um, we were all inputting into it and looking back on them now they're a bit like they're good fun for me to look back on because uh, it's memories for me but realistically in terms of them being a good quality video they were pretty rubbish um but that's fine we had fun doing it and at the time we weren't like we're gonna get millions of subscribers or anything like that it was just for the fun and for our friends and family to keep up with what we were doing um so that was the the start of backpacking bananas. And then after we'd finished this trip, which was six and a half months long, I said to them, I was like, you know, I really like the idea of having this YouTube channel, Backpacking Bananas, and I'd like to take it further. They were not bothered. They were not bothered for me to take it further. They just didn't, weren't bothered about staying involved really. And so um, I went ahead and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna make these tips and tricks videos and then lo and behold they started doing really well and started gaining views and then the subscribers started going up and I was just like oh cool and then it's it's really just been a slow and steady natural progression of um just the subscribers going up the um, request for more videos coming in and then going on more travels being able to make more content there's there hasn't really been a massive turning point like it, it has been over the past five years so it's just been a really long slow and steady gradual process to bring up to what it is today sounds great sounds great thanks for sharing the origin story there so I'm interested especially in the growth uh, in terms of subscribers in terms of views uh, yeah. in terms of number of comments um, how proactive are you in terms of uh, creating those uh, clever titles or clever descriptions or clever tags or doing uh, what they call a video SEO. Walk us yeah. through uh, the growth, the growth strategies. At first, honestly, it was something that I wasn't even thinking about. I was just like, I'm gonna do some tips video, so I'm gonna name it Backpacking Thailand Tips. Um, not thinking, oh, because it's a super searchable title. It was literally just because that was exactly what I was talking about. And also, I think at the time that I was creating these videos, not very many other people were. And so I feel like that was a, a really good thing for me um, at the time. And that was what was doing really well. I do think a little bit more about SEO and keywording and stuff these days. And, um, you know, top four, like my Central America videos, top four things to do in Belize, top four things to do in Guatemala, because I guess I've realized that is what people want to see. They want to see the top tips for traveling places. And I think unless your videos are absolutely groundbreaking, it would be really difficult to break into the YouTube world these days just with travel vlogs because no, no one really searches for, you know, like a vlog in a particular country. People want to know how to do it. And then when they have seen that, then they might go and see your personal experiences. But they're searching for how do I travel this particular country? And what do I need to bring for this? And 
like what tips is it what why itinerary should i be doing that's what people are actively searching for and not just on youtube they're searching for this on google and obviously google owns youtube and so it's all linked and connected interconnected sorry and so i think that was going through my head okay like that's what i need to tap into is um like the tips and tricks, giving people what they want, what they're gonna be searching for. And I found that that's normally how people find my channel is through the tips and tricks. And then if they like it, they might watch another one and then they might happen to watch a vlog of me in that place. And then they might get to know my personality a bit more. And it's like that I don't normally get found by just my travel vlogs in the first place. Um, but I think in terms of, like if you're doing SEO and like the keywords to to write in there what people might be searching. So if you do have a vlog of a particular place, let's say you are in, I don't know, San Juan del Sur and uh, you're, you're doing a vlog and you want people to watch it, I would probably do in the keywords like things to do in San Juan del Sur, San Juan del Sur activities and because that's what people are gonna be searching for. And then your vlog, even though that's not in particularly what you're talking about, that's gonna rank higher on people who are searching for San Juan del Sur. And then that's a way of them finding your content. Um, and I also think that thumbnails are so important. So I know my, me personally, if I type in something on YouTube, and then I'm looking down at the the answers to see, see which one I wanna click on, I very rarely look at the title. I'm looking at the thumbnail. And so I think it's so important that thumbnails have text in them and are very relevant to what you're wanting to search for and, 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 and to what that video is. And like, I, when I'm making my thumbnails, I try to think, would I click on this? If I wanted to know this piece of information, is that the type of thing that I'm gonna be wanting to click on? And um, I think it really does make a huge difference. And also it makes a huge difference if your video is coming up in the suggestions on the side. If you're, if someone's watching another video and your videos are in the suggestions here, like more often than not, they're just seeing the thumbnail. It's a thumbnail which is gonna catch their eye. So you can't have something that's like too busy and no one knows really what's going on. It needs to just be something simple and easy to look at and then it makes them like you know look across like oh you know that looks interesting and so i think thumbnails are really really important and those are those are some awesome awesome tips and suggestions i, I love the suggestion about thumbnails as well uh you know not just having uh uh the generic one but having like a really solid graphic having a text yeah. uh, attached to it and nowadays uh, you mentioned things like keywords are important as well and uh you know those recommendations and tips and uh, kind of going to the mind of the youtube viewer what are they potentially going to be searching for and and being yeah. the first uh you know first front and center when they type in what they're going to be looking for so yeah definitely some great tips there christiane uh you know when people are thinking or considering starting a vlog in general or travel vlog i think there's a lot of fear and self-doubt yeah. and inner, cri mm -hmm. inner, inner criticism. And, and a lot of embarrassment. A lot of people are too embarrassed. I'm sure even you had some fears yeah. and self-doubts. And even now, yeah. you probably still do. Walk us through um, how do you actually conquer those fears and how do you um, exude confidence on screen? 
Um, exude confidence on screen. I think my biggest tip would just be pretend like you're talking to a friend. Think about who's gonna be watching this video. Who do you want to target? And literally just look into that lens and pretend like you're talking to them and like it's just normal. And it does feel really awkward at first, but um, that is something that does uh, it does develop over time and I don't think anyone's going to be perfect when they first start out and actually I think that's a big thing that a lot of people struggle with is that they look at YouTube so YouTubers who have been doing this for years and then they make their own video and they're like but mine doesn't look like theirs and I think it's a really just a mentality that people struggle with struggle with because no, your videos aren't gonna be perfect at first. Even if you believe in yourself that you can do what they're doing, the first time you try it, it's not gonna be the way you want it to be. And I think that's fine. Like, just put it out there because that is your first video. Everyone's gonna have a first video. And like, it's just a case of trial and error and, like you will get more comfortable with it. I know I did, like, I, you know, I said, I look back at my first videos and I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I cringe so much. Um, but yeah, it's just something that you have to get used to. But something that massively helps me uh, with my videos is that I always plan them. So unless it's like a follow me around vlog where I don't know what's happening, but most of the time it's, it's something that I've planned. I, I normally write it down on a piece of paper, whether it's bullet points of the structure I want this video to come out in or whether it's a whole script sometimes I literally just script the whole video and um, I may not stick to it perfectly but I've got my points there I know what I'm talking about and then I'm not gonna go massively off tangent and I know when I'm editing that I definitely am gonna be saying the stuff that I want to be saying. Um, and I think that's really, really important. If, especially if you're doing like a tips video or a video with information that you've like researched and whatnot, it's gonna be really difficult for you if you have no plan of what you're saying whatsoever because you'll probably end up going off on tangents and then it'll be really difficult to edit people who are watching are going to lose interest because they're going to just be like well what are they talking about and so i think planning your videos is super important so just planning your videos talking to the camera like it's your friend and like it's someone who you know wants to watch um and in terms of talking to the camera in public I don't know if that's something that I will ever get over. I still find that incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> um, so that's that's something that I'm still working on. It's it's always going to be embarrassing talking to the camera in public. So um, that's why I still do a lot of my videos at home. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of people have those fears around the confidence. And also a lot of people have the fears around the editing. Uh, so I'd love to hear, firstly, what kind of equipment are you using? And then uh, what kind of editing software are you using? Uh, equipment, so currently I mainly film on a Lumix GH5, a Panasonic, uh, which is quite a new purchase for me in the last six months. And I love it, but it's quite expensive. But I started off 
literally on my iPhone, I when I did uh, like some of my first tips videos, I literally just stuck my iPhone up on my Windows shelf and filmed from there because I think in terms of quality at first, it really doesn't matter. It's the content that you're producing. Um, I also had a GoPro. GoPros are amazing for shooting YouTube videos because they're so small and you know they've got the wide angle, they're pretty much gonna get everything in. Um, so I still use a GoPro today, and I also have a, um, a Canon G7X, which in my opinion is the perfect vlogging camera um, because it's got auto stabilization, it's got a flip out selfie camera, so you can see exactly where you are in the frame, it's easy to hold, and that's a really good piece of equipment. Um, in terms of editing, I used Final Cut Pro, but for years I used iMovie, um, on, which is obviously the free software on Mac, and I just think that is the perfect um, software if you're starting out, like it's so simple. If you're just wanting to like chop videos up, put it together, put some music on, maybe put text over the top, which is what most YouTube videos are, um, it's a really simple to get simple it's really simple to get the hang of and i think watching youtube tutorials like if you're unsure of how to do any editing and you want to do something quite cool literally just search how to do it on youtube and there is so many youtube tutorials out there and that is quite literally how i have been improving my video editing is just normally i'll get inspiration from someone else and i'll be like oh that was really cool that's a really cool trick that they just did there and then I'll search how to do it, find out, practice. It's not gonna be perfect at first. Uh, the same with talking to the camera, it's not gonna be perfect at first, but I really think it's just a case of trial and error, putting your work out there. Sometimes you'll get constructive criticism from people in the comments and they'll tell you how to do it. And that's obviously really, really good. So um, yeah, that's how I do it. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Uh, great, great suggestions there once again. Uh, so it's one thing to have these amazing videos, have a lot of views and subscribers, whole other thing to actually make money from it. And uh, you can <laughs> put in a lot of work and see very little return. Uh, so I'd love to hear about some of your uh, strategies for monetization. Uh, maybe walk us through the YouTube ads. How does that work? And how do you get paid uh, through that? And also you've, uh, create, you've created a few other revenue streams such as video production and editing for yeah. other people as well. Yeah. Okay, so anyone can monetize their videos on YouTube as long as you have, as long as you own all the contents. So it's your video and it's your audio as such. So you can't like put a Justin Bieber song underneath your video because then it will get demonetized. It's fine, like you're not gonna get a strike as long as you don't claim that it's yours because then Justin Bieber's record label's gonna come after you and be like, no it ain't, and then that's when you start getting copyright strikes on your YouTube channel. So um, I used to just use the YouTube Creator Audio Library, which is a free YouTube service. Um, but after a couple of years, it was all getting a bit samey, that music. And so now I use something called Epidemic Sound, um, which you pay a monthly subscription towards. And they have thousands and thousands and thousands of tracks, which you are free to use on your YouTube videos. So when you sign up, they whitelist you and you can use any of their songs. So that's what I use at the moment, which is really useful for me because then I... I, I'm quite free with my content so I can you know shoot all of my own stuff and then I can use their audio and so I can monetize 
all of my videos. Very occasionally I do use a like a popular song, a copyrighted song, but that's with my knowledge knowing that I'm not gonna make any money off that video. But sometimes for me that's worth it. If there is a particular track which I am just in love with and think I've gotta use that for this video, then I think that's worth it for me, but I don't do that often. Um, so that's how you can monetize your content. Um, and that's, and then you, I think when you have a certain number of subscribers or something like that, you link your YouTube to a Google AdSense account. Um, so that's when you actually start getting paid. So you will only get paid if you've made over 60 pounds. Um, so if you've made over 60 pounds a month, then, then you will start getting that money. Um, and yes, it is a lot of work in terms of like the return of money that you get. Um, I definitely would not be able to live off just my Google AdSense money. Um, it roughly equates to, so I don't, honestly, I don't know how YouTube figures it out in terms of how much, like what this, what do they call it? C CPM, C CPRM or something like that. Um, but it roughly equates to one pound or one dollar for every thousand views. Um, if you want a rough estimate of how much YouTubers make, it, it can massively vary from that, but that is generally how much it is. Um, and so that's, that's how you make money off YouTube and um, like just the Google AdSense. And then other than that, making money if, if a brand wants to sponsor you for a video um then they might pay you a certain amount to do that but that's all negotiated within the brand um and then other ways i make money is i am a video producer for other people and so i've literally just got my clients there have been people who have seen my videos online and they've been like hey can you can you do that for me? Can you edit my videos and help me plan and help me film and whatever? So I do that for other people as well. And that currently is my main source of income because I can charge whatever I want. That's my own rate. So that's my own business. And um, then, yeah, that's my, that's like my main, main way of making money at the moment. Was there any other questions in that, within that? Uh, oh, they could, I could I could keep asking questions till the cows come home because this is such a big passion of mine and a lot of people in the subject. I'd love to cover the whole area of sponsorship as well because I think uh, a lot of people uh, can uh, utilize uh, YouTube and a blog uh, to get free, uh, obviously, hotels or sightseeing or tours, but also paid uh, work uh, through sponsorships. Tell yeah. us a little bit about how you've uh, been able to uh, leverage the power of sponsorships. So... I've been getting like email offers for like the past two or three years. However, at first I never really trusted anyone just because that's the kind of person I am. I'd get these emails from people being like, hey, I'll pay you to do this. And I'd be like, oh, will you really though? Is that really gonna happen? And so I actually never sorted out any of my own work. And it was in April last year that I got my own manager, um, which was, one of the biggest turning points for me I guess because then since then he's been managing all of my emails and whatnot and if any brands contact me it goes to him he does all the negotiating and so I mean that's great um, but a lot of youtubers do it themselves they they feel like they can and that's amazing I personally just 
I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at negotiating. I'm not very good at emailing people. And so, um, so there's, there's the one side of a brand coming to you. Um, but a lot of YouTubers and social media influencers will contact a brand. And if there's someone who they really want to work with, they will attempt to get in touch with their marketing and send them their media kit, send them all of their statistics. Um, and you would normally make a proposal and say, I want to do this for you. And then if they're interested, then they might say yes or no. So it's definitely possible to work with people by contacting them as well. But I think it's a little bit more difficult because, you know, you don't know whether they're going to like you or not, or whether they're looking for that kind of content at the moment. Um, but like heading for the, the marketing section of that brand is, is the way to go. Um, but that's pretty much it in a nutshell, in a nutshell. That's like sponsorship. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so one of the final questions I have for you, uh, Christiane, is the whole area of uh, solo female travel. Uh, you know, uh, it's obviously a hot topic nowadays with more and more females who are feeling much more confident to go out on their own and travel the world. And uh, uh, there's still a lot of uh, women who are, have fears. And of course, there are a lot of fears that women have that maybe men wouldn't have when they're traveling. So. Uh, for the sake of all of the women who are listening and watching, any tips or advice you would give about the whole area of solo female travel? I actually personally think that solo female travel is not much different from male travel. I think, well, for females, just if you're covered up, like mainly in, in especially in countries which require that like if you're in dubai or i don't know india or parts of southeast asia then it, it, it's much more normal to cover up your shoulders cover up your knees and everything like that but i think if you do that then you're pretty much at the same personally uh, this is probably arguable you're at the same status as a male and it's just a case of being confident, not walking around like you don't know what you're doing, because that's when people are going to look at you and go, she's vulnerable. Um, so just like walk around with confidence. If you don't know what you're doing, pretend like you know what you're doing. <laughs> and um, also just don't do anything stupid, really. And, and this goes for male and female. Like, you know, don't go out and get drunk to the point where you can't control yourself and you can't look after yourself because it's just stupid decisions like that that put you in a vulnerable situation. But I think if you are sensible and you just walk around with confidence, like you know what you're doing, then there, I don't think there should be any reason that you should run into any issues unless you're extremely unlucky. Um, but yeah, co co confidence is key. It's it's all about confidence. <laughs> it is, it is, and you've done a great job. Uh, you know, alluding to the confidence it takes to be a YouTuber, solo female traveler, uh, being confident on screen, etc. So, uh, in closing, here, Christiane, uh, if people want to connect with you, follow you along on your journey, your social media, how can yeah. they do that? Uh, so type in Backpacking Bananas on YouTube and subscribe, and uh, it's just Christiane Risman on Instagram, and that's how they can do that. Awesome. I'll have those links below so you can actually click right through to uh, Christiane's YouTube channel and uh, her Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and more. 
so Christiane, uh, thanks so much for being on the show today. It was definitely Thank a joy to like all about YouTube marketing. Uh, it's a common interest I have as well. So I love to, that's what I was saying. We could talk about this for hours on end. <laughs> Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. Hello, little one in the corner. No worries, no worries. Every now and then our kids may pop in. That's little Ryan. Uh, <laughs> so, Christiane, yeah, thanks again. I look forward to catching up with you again. Uh, keep producing that uh, amazing content, and uh, thanks again for being on the show. No worries. Nice to meet you, Ricky. You as well. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Make sure you follow along Christiana on her amazing adventures around the world. Make sure you follow our family as well as we travel around South America and now Central America at daddyblogger.com. So happy travels, everyone, and we'll catch up with you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.